This is a podcast from Delancey Elim Church. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30 in the Delancey Elim Church building at Lake Bank St. Samson in the Channel Islands of Guernsey. To contact us or find out more information about us, please visit our website at delanceyelim.co.uk. The reading is from 1 Corinthians 12, verses 1 to 11. Now about spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore I tell you that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed, and no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them in all men. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom. To another, the message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and he gives them to each one just as he determines. Amen. Shall we pray? Father God, we thank you for your scripture, for the instructions that you give us as your people. And I pray today as we unravel that, unravel that more, as we go deeper into your word today, Lord Jesus, that we would be inspired, Lord, that we would see your revelation in your word today. Lord, I pray, Lord, that we would be challenged today by your word and want to know more about it, Lord Jesus, for our own lives, Lord. And so I pray your blessing upon your anointed word of God this morning in the name of Jesus. Amen. Praise God. The gifts of the Holy Spirit. And I want to start a new sermon series, actually, called Different Gifts, but the Same Spirit. Different Gifts, Same Spirit. And over these next few weeks, we're going to just have a look in a little bit more detail the gifts of the Spirit, as listed there in today's reading. Verse 4, to remind us, says this, that there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them in all men. Today's sermon, I'm going to just be be serving as an introduction to the series that we want to do over the next few weeks. And over these next few weeks, we'll be looking... Um, in four different ways, four different sermons. And we will look at wisdom and knowledge. We will look at faith, healing and miracles. We will look at prophecy and discernment. And we will look at tongues and interpretation. I hope you've been encouraged, I certainly have, over these last few weeks where we've seen um, a, a 
more manifestation, if you like, of the gifts of the Spirit in our, in our times together, in our gatherings together, not only on a Sunday, uh, but also in, in our connect groups, in our prayer meetings. We've been seeing a lot more, and it's great to, to see that. And I believe we, we want to see more of that. You know, the gifts of the Holy Spirit are given for the church, for building them up, for edifying. And I want to see the, the church of God built up, and I hope that you do too. And so we're going to have a look at these gifts. We probably looked at these before, but it's great for us to remind ourselves. We're a Pentecostal church after all, aren't we? And we want to see the gifts of the Spirit being used and being manifested in our times together. I want to hear what God has got to say for me. I want to hear what God's got to say for the church. And that's how he does it. And part of the way he does it, through the gifts. So this morning, as a way of introducing this series, I want to answer the question, what are the spiritual gifts and what is their purpose? The opening remarks in chapter 12 from the Apostle Paul is this, now about spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be ignorant. I do not want you to be ignorant. It is important that we are not ignorant, but that we are aware of the gifts of the Holy Spirit and their place and their purpose in the church. The reason that Paul wrote to the church there in Corinthians was because there had become an issue, there had become a problem in the church. The gifts of the Spirit were being used in the church there and that was great and Paul was pleased about that. But some of the people had allowed themselves to become arrogant. They were using the gifts and, and arrogance had crept into the church and some people saw themselves as more important or um, they had seen themselves as more spiritual than other people because they had been using the gifts of the Holy Spirit. That by some way, they were obviously more important or more spiritual than other people who may not, did, not inter, did not exercise the gifts. But it's clear to see from the passages that we've read, that's been read this morning, in verse 11 says that he gives them to each one just as he determines. There isn't special people who have this greater spirituality. And Paul wanted to address this issue because it was causing a division within the church where some saw themselves as more important, more spiritual. Spiritual gifts had become symbols of spiritual power and it, caused, it was causing rivalries between people. There was a terrible misuse of the gifts because their purpose is always to help the church function more effectively, not to divide it. That was never the purpose of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. The purpose of the gifts of the Holy Spirit is to aid us in our service to each other, in our service to others. It was to see the body of Christ function properly um, on earth. You know, everybody in a community, and that's what church is, we're a community of people who come together because we love Jesus. Everyone in the community has a contribution to make just as each part of the human body contributes to its ability to function properly. We know that if part of our body isn't working properly, 
it affects the whole of us. And so, the analogy of the human body is a way of understanding how people work independently, but together, and this is why Paul then goes on in Corinthians chapter 12 to talk about the body. One body, in my Bible it says, one body, many parts. Different spirits. Different, no, different gifts, same spirit. And so let's look at that analogy now uh, of the body, and let's read continue to read on in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12. It says this, The body is a unit, though it is made up of many parts. It's a unit of many parts. And through, and though all its parts are many, they form one body. So it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free, And we were all given the one spirit to drink. Now the body is not made up of one part, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be if the whole body were an ear? Where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has arranged the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. He repeats that a lot, doesn't he? Many parts, one body. He really wanted to get this message over to the church there in Corinthia. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honourable, we treat with special honour. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. While our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has combined the members of the body and has given greater honour to the parts that lacked it. So that there should be no division in the body, but but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honoured, every part rejoices with it. So there's the analogy of the body, and he repeats himself a lot in there about the one body, many parts. So he really wanted this message to, to, to be heard or seen by the church there. And so, to us as well, we must see that there are different gifts but the same spirit, but we all work together in unity. Paul Paul says that the church is not like the body. It says it is the body. Verse 27 says, Now you are the body of Christ. And each one of you is a part of it. So we're not like a body, we are the body of Christ. And individually, we are members of that body. So through the Spirit, each person has a vital contribution to make to the whole. And one of the ways that we contribute is through the gifts of the Holy Spirit, as the Holy Spirit 
determines. After World War II ended, a group of German students volunteered to help rebuild an English cathedral in London. It had been severely damaged by bombing. And they did well with most of the cathedral, except one statue that had been shattered into many pieces. It was a marble statue of Jesus Christ. It once stood with Christ in a standing position with his arms outstretched. And the inscription under it read, Come unto me. And so these men were able to find and reconstruct all of the statue except, of, except for the hands. They couldn't rebuild the hands. They had been completely demolished. And so when finished, they had a statue of Jesus with outstretched arms and no hands. They couldn't decide what to do. Could they, would they make new hands or leave it as it was? And after discussion, they decided to leave it be. And you can still go to London today and see that marble statue of Jesus standing there with no hands. But the inscription did change. It now says, he has no hands but ours. And that is the truth that has been taught here in the introduction of these spiritual gifts. When Jesus was here on earth, He ministered in a physical body. But since he has returned to heaven, he has ministered through a spiritual body, the body of Christ, us, the church. We are his hands. We are his feet. We are his body. Verse 7 of Corinthians 12 says, Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. We must see And it's important, and Paul emphasizes this. We must see that it is the Holy Spirit that chooses who to manifest the gift in. It is never because of anything that we have done or how spiritual we are. So that means nobody is excluded and nobody is not good enough or spiritual enough to be used by the Holy Spirit. No one person in the body of the Lord is of any greater importance. In fact, in Romans, Paul tells us that we are to honour one another above ourselves. We should never think ourselves as more important than any other person. What I noticed from this um, picture of us being the body um, and many parts make up this body. And, and, and no part is more important than the other. What I notice in that is that it's not just that there should be unity in the family of God, but diversity also. Paul is not concerned that it's, Paul's concern is not just that there should be unity in the family of God, but diversity also. Obviously, as a body, we, we, um, a, a physical body, it is united together, and it works and it functions together. But there is also diversity, as explained by Paul. There's an ear, there's an eye, there's a foot. There's many, 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 many different parts to a body. There is diversity. 
A body that's made up of just one thing will be completely useless. The body works so well together because of its diversity. And that is why there are so many different kinds of gifts. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit. Paul is explaining here to the Corinthians that, and to us also as followers of Jesus, that we are not to put priority over one gift, or one or two of the gifts. I mean, we have so much potential within us because of the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit that I know that I, as as a leader of the church, I want to see all of these gifts manifest in some way or form in our times together. And that's not just on a Sunday, but whenever we meet together. There's an illustration of the great violinist, violinist, Niccolo Paganini, who took his marvellous violin, treasured violin, to the city of Genoa, on condition that it must never be played. The wood of such an instrument, while used and handled, wears only slightly, but set aside, it begins to decay. Paganini's lovely violin has today become worm-eaten and useless, except as a relic. There is so much potential within us, but it goes untapped week in and week out. Paul says in the end of chapter 12, but eagerly desire the greater gifts. So there is a part that we play. We need to eagerly desire these gifts. And I believe as we walk in step with the Holy Spirit, as we eagerly desire these gifts, then the Holy Spirit, we're we're free for the Holy Spirit. We're saying, Lord, we're saying, use me. And when we come to that place, God will use us in some way, in some form. There is potential within every one of us. Dr. Bill Bright of Campus Crusade for Christ tells the story of a famous oil field called Yates Paul. During the Depression, this field was a sheep ranch owned by a man named Yates. Mr. Yates wasn't able to make enough money on his ranching operation to pay the principal and interest on the mortgage. So he was in danger of losing his ranch. With little money for clothes or food, his family, like many others at that time, had to live on government subsidy. Day after day, as he grazed his sheep over those rolling West Texas hills, he was no no doubt greatly troubled about how he would pay his bills. Then a seismographic crew from an oil company came into the area and told him there might be oil on his land. They asked permission to drill a wildcat well and he signed a lease contract. At 1,000, 115 feet, they struck a huge oil reserve. The first well came in at 80,000 barrels a day. Many subsequent wells were more than twice as large. In fact, 30 years after the discovery, a government test of one of the wells showed it still had the potential flow of 125,000 barrels of oil a day. And Mr. Yates owned it all. 
The day he purchased the land, he had received the oil and mineral rights, yet he'd been living on relief. A a multi-millionaire living in in poverty. The problem, he didn't know the oil was there, even though he owned it. Many Christians live in spiritual poverty. They are entitled to the gifts of the Holy Spirit and his energizing power, but they are not aware of their birthright. We too must be willing to use all of the gifts of the Spirit and not neglect them. We should be earnestly, as Paul says, we must be earnestly seeking them and be willing to be used by the Holy Spirit to build each other up in works of service. Sometimes I know there's a fear, am I going to say the right thing or am I going to do the right thing? Well, we must trust the Holy Spirit. We must trust God and allow him to, to work through us. You know, sometimes it just takes a, a moment of opening our mouth. Maybe we have the first words of a prophecy or first words of an interpretation. And we'll look at this in, in greater detail over the coming weeks. But God wants to use us, his body, to manifest these gifts to untap that potential, that oil that is within us. You know, the term spiritual gifts come from the Greek word charismata, which means gifts, and pneumatika, which means spirits. They are the plural forms of charisma, meaning expression of grace. Because that's what the gifts are. They are given by the grace of God. Not given by our abilities, not given by how long we've prayed, it's not given by how many scriptures that we've read. It's not given by how many people we've led to the Lord, it's given by the grace of God. And the Numa Takam means expression of spirit. So while there are different kinds of spirits, generally speaking, spiritual gifts are God given graces, meant for works of service, to benefit and build up the body of Christ as a whole. That is what the spiritual gifts are. They're available to us all and should be earnestly sought. And we must always be willing to be used by God in his grace to serve each other with these gifts so that we can build each other up. You know, you you must have heard me say it many times that the that as a body of Christ, we build each other up. We encourage each other. We build each other up. And that's building each other up with encouragement, but also building each other up, seeing the church of God being built because of the spiritual gifts that are being manifest. They are available to us all. And what is their purpose? Well, to answer that plainly and simply, their purpose is to build. Their purpose is to edify. And this should always be the litmus paper of identifying true, gracious use of the gifts. If the gifts are used to divide, they're not being used for their purpose. They are being abused. And this is where Paul is addressing the church there in Corinth. He doesn't want to see the abuse of the gifts anymore. He he wants to knock down the arrogance of some men and women and say, no, no. This is for all of us. These are are gracious gifts that God gives us. 
We're going to look at these gifts um, in more detail over the next few weeks. But I want to give you some homework today. And um, I want you to get your Bibles out um, when you're at home and read through Corinthians chapter, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Study it. If you've got uh, concordance, get your concordance out and have a look at it. Have a a re-look at it, because sometimes when we re-look at things, it's things that we think we know, the Holy Spirit says, whoa, bam, and uh, shows us something different. And maybe as you're studying that over these next few weeks, as you're studying, as you're understanding it in greater detail, I mean, if you haven't got concordances, maybe if you've got... Um, access to the internet. There's many, many Bible study tools on the internet these days that you can use that can just sort of expand Scripture for you. And so I want you to look at that and pray about that. And uh, be willing, even in your times of reading of, of the Holy Spirit, of praying, to allow the Holy Spirit to work through you and use you. Sometimes God gives us words of knowledge. Sometimes gives us words of wisdom. Sometimes God gives us prophecies in our times of, um, of prayer, to get, in our times of personal prayer, write them down and share them if they're going to build up the body of Christ. So next week, um, Pastor Eric is preaching, but I will continue this on the 20th of November. And we will continue just to have a look at this and unpack it in greater detail. And we'll look at um, the gifts of wisdom and knowledge. And I hope that you will... Uh, enjoy this. I know I've been enjoying it as I've been studying it again. Um, just reminding myself of, of the gifts of the Holy Spirit and how important they are to us as a church. And I really want to encourage you in our times, in our gatherings together, to allow the Holy Spirit to use you. And maybe you, you've not been using the gift of the Spirit because there's some, maybe you've had words before and you've just not had that courage to speak out. Well, we're a family and, and just... Just be confident that, you know, as you allow the Holy Spirit to, to, use, to use you in the building of the church, that we are family. And it's, it's this, this is, if there's no other place than in this environment where we love each other and are for each other, that we can share the things that God has for us as a church. And, you know, when these words are given, whether it's wisdom, prophecy, whatever it is, I believe there's always someone in the congregation, in, in the gathering that we are, that is encouraged and blessed by those words and by those actions. So, let's look forward to these next few weeks where we look at the spiritual gifts. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Delancey Healing Church. For more podcasts, information or to contact us, please visit our website at delanceyhealing.co.uk.